Okay, guys, so welcome back to the Real Time Online podcast. Um, this week, we are focusing on a very relevant topic since it is now LGBT Pride Awareness Month. So this week, we are going to be talking around some LGBT issues. Um, my name's Craig, and uh, in the spirit of what we're going to talk about today, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm going to let the rest of the guys introduce themselves. Um, my name is Margaret. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I am a volunteer at Real Time and I've been kind of like involved with Real Time for about nine years. Hi, I'm Phoenix. I'm 18 and my pronouns are they, them. I've been with Real Time for about two years in the Young Sound group on the Friday nights. Hi, um, I'm Farley. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm 15 and I'm in a temple group on a Monday night. I've been with Real Time for about a year and a half. Awesome. So I just realised I didn't tell who I was really. So <laughs> I'm Craig and I work for Real Time and for what I'm there for about six years. And uh, it's my duty the day to kind of moderate this podcast. So what we normally do, guys, um, is have a wee look back at last week. Um, so for those of you who are regular followers or maybe even first time listeners to the to the real time podcast last week we had a wee look at the world of anime um and we had a good chat around about um the best music from anime we also had a wee chat about what what defines the genre we actually ended up with a playlist um which if you're signed up to our mailing list that goes out on a friday and um, you'll have received that um it's also visible on Real Time's uh, YouTube page. Um, so we've got, a, a, I think it's about 50 tracks for various different anime intro and outro themes through the years. Um, so that went quite well. And uh, we also talked about the kind of anime you would suggest to somebody if they were starting out for the first mm -hmm. time and had never seen any of the kind of big shows. So massively uh, educational for me as somebody who doesn't watch loads of anime, what do you guys think about anime just quickly? Is it something that's a big part of your lives? Or what would you think, Phoenix? Uh, I'd say I'd really enjoy it. I enjoyed more of the music side of the anime than the actual storylines of anime, to be honest with you. Fair mm. enough. What about you, Harley? I'm a huge fan. I just don't like talking about it. And I feel like that's the big issue with it. Oh, can, well, tell me more about that. What do you mean? Like, I, I love watching it. And I love, you know, like the music and everything else. I just, like, I'm not interested in, you know, being like, Hey, this is my favourite anime, and I like it for this reason and this reason. Mm. It's just like, you know, I like it because it's a decent show. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Um, what about you, Max? I don't really watch much anime. I used to when I was kind of like a teenager, but uh, I was really sketch with things in general. But um, one that's really kind of stuck out is Death Note. Yes. Personally, yes. like, I always recommend that to people because... Yeah. I think on so many levels it is art and I think people kind of push it down to this kind of like oh it's just an action thing but like it's like anything like it's like games as well like anything any anything can be a medium for art yeah yeah people take it seriously enough do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I think I mean you guys obviously you're you're kind of voicing your assent there and I, I think Particularly with Death Note, there's so many things in it. It's, su it's such a rich 
textured thing. Um, mm-hmm. So much, yeah. so much great music. So many twists that you don't see coming. Yeah, I would also say it's kind of relatable in a way for like the high school side of things. Because mm-hmm. like where your mind goes, you just like you kind of wash death upon a few people, like a few <laughs> yeah. idiots, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You had an interesting experience, didn't you? <laughs> just, we'll get to that early. Just Phoenix sitting in the back of a classroom with a death note, just writing yeah. the teacher's <laughs> Mags, you were saying somebody in your class done that? Uh, just someone in our school, like they kind of started about with a death note, and every so often, like you'd see them like scribbling <laughs> in it. But it was always like the dramatic way kind of thing, and you're just like, that is beautiful. Like, looking up, <laughs> staring at people, like you just made the list. Dramatically <laughs> eating crisps. <laughs> oh no, <they're> yeah. <laughs> That is beautiful. I take a potato um, chip. And I eat it. My new favourite person. That's, as much as it's like a little cringy sometimes, that's actually an amazing scene. That yeah. is. I can totally agree with you on that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, so that was uh, last week, and I know that several people have had a good listen. Uh, to the anime podcast um, and have taken away some really good suggestions for stuff to watch next. <laughs> so for the next two or three minutes, we're going to do a normal wee roundup of the week's news topics. Um, so Harley, you're going to start us off with that. Yeah, okay. The biggest news of this week to me personally was the fact that Ricky Gervais' Netflix show, Afterlife, was getting a third season. People said that it was one of the best shows that have been on Netflix and it actually had one of the best endings that I think I've ever seen from a TV show. It's grim, it's dark, it's depressing, and it makes you laugh. Cool. You've sold me. Uh... The best combination of things. Um, cool. So obviously that's that. I mean, I know Ricky. We all know. I think Ricky Gervais has has got quite the following over the the last kind of mm. fifteen years, and everything he touches seems to turn to gold. So fair play to him. It's nice to see that coming back for another season. Um, Phoenix, you've got some similar news, I believe. Yeah, I'll be. I'm covering Umbrella Academy season two, uh, which is coming out in July the thirty first on Netflix as well. Um. Season one pretty much started off with Sir Reginald Hargreaves. I forgot his surname there. Apologies. <laughs> Basically adopting seven children with uh, superpowers. And 30 years later on in their lives, their father passes away. They all come back together. And then they figure out that the apocalypse is happening. And they need to figure out what or who has brought this apocalypse and try and avoid it. And we have no clue how the apocalypse has started. Right. But they know uh, it's coming. Yes. What do you think That's, would uh, happen in season two, though? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd like to speculate. I'd probably need to go back and watch season one again. It's been a wee while since I saw it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I'm sure we're all looking forward to that. Um, oh, definitely. And, uh, so maybe we can do a special episode when about uh, season two starting. Cool, so we're going to uh, quickly move on for a wee news segment into our main topic for today. Um, 
with it being Pride Month, um, we threw it out to you guys. We threw it out to the young people of Real Time, and this was the topic that they wanted to discuss. We spoke about what was meaningful for the people who were in the room at the time. What that was was uh, talking about the the trans teen experience. So, what is it like to what is it like to go through the process of transition as a, a teenager, as a young person, and what are the the kind of the pitfalls? What are the good things? So. I'm going to kind of throw that open to the to the room just now. Um, I should say up front, it's not something that I've particularly experienced in my own life. So it's not something I know masses about um, from a first-hand point of view. So it's better throwing it out to you guys because you guys know a lot more than me. So so what what is it like um, being a trans teen? Phoenix, do you want to start that one first? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, obviously I'm going back about four or five years ago now uh, when I did think I was trans and right. for me it was just a really tough experience of my life I found out I'm not trans but when I when I was it was just constant bullying in a way um, like you tell one person that you think you can trust but then word just spreads like flies mm. And for me, it just spread it out of control and just made me not like myself and kind of, I would say it kind of developed my anxiety in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because a lot of people misunderstood it, misgendered you, and that's just the most heartbreaking thing in the world, Mm -hmm. I'd say. Okay. So you, what it sounds like there was you were somebody who knew there was something that you wanted to explore and, and knew there was something going on in your life that you maybe wanted to share with other people and you've obviously confided in people that maybe, I think it's fair to say, probably let you down. Yeah. And I think that's, I find that quite interesting as somebody who works with, with young people to hear that you had a, a kind of notion that you might be trans but actually worked it through and thought about it and came to the conclusion that that wasn't your experience, but that there was something maybe else going on similar to that. Um, yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah, you are. Uh, eventually, down the line, I had figured out I'm actually non-binary, which means right. I'm neither male nor female. Mm-hmm. And like since then, I've just been comfortable with who I am, and I'm kind of happy with who I am and who I've told now because I've got a different set of friend groups, mm-hmm. different people I can trust, and just a really good view of who I am as a person. Okay. That's really good to hear. Yeah, it's yeah, really positive, isn't it? It's obviously been, as you say, four or five years. It's been a long journey for you. What do you think? Could you name one positive that you think has come out of it? Apart from figuring out who I am, just kind of just enjoying who I am as a person in a way. Mm. Right. Because, like, um, mentally, I did struggle. But Mm. now that I know who I am and how I am in my own skin, I'm more at ease with myself. Yeah. And I'm more happy with who I am and just more 
piece with myself. Cool. So does anybody else want to come in on that and, and kind of talk about that experience? Because obviously everybody's experience is probably dead different, although there might be stuff in common, I don't know. Harley, what, what do you think, uh, what it, what's it like um, for ta- trans teenagers? Um, <laughs> I haven't really figured out the whole gender identity thing yet. Like, it's sort of like, you know, a friend named Harley and a friend named, I feel like, the she-heart pronouns. But I haven't actually figured out, like, a label for that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and people constantly ask me to give them a label. Mm. Um, and it's like, no, this is what I want. I don't yeah. need to explain why. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I personally don't know why. So it's like, if I don't know why, then why should I have to tell you something that might not be true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm constantly like, asked for a label to <clears throat> satisfy everyone else's expectations rather than, mm-hmm. you know, figure out my own expectations for myself. Yeah. Did like, why should you sense? have to figure yourself out for other people rather than yourself? Yeah, I'm, like, happy with, you know, happy. I mean, not really, but, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... For everyone listening, for, like, inverted commas, put over happy. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm chill, so, you know, I don't really care about trying to find that label just yet. Mm-hmm. Can you, you know, whether that's... That and you're you're a lot younger than I am, and mm-hmm. you've still got that time to figure out who you are. Exactly. And that's I'm the really mad sure. thing. Like, it's hilarious that an eight, like I'm nineteen, and it's like funny that we say that. Do you know what I mean, because we're still nineteen. Like mm-hmm. compared to <laughs> like, hearing that must make him feel so. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like we still have time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's there's an entire lifetime to like figure this out it's not as like as harley was saying like it's not people want to like understand how to like as i was saying like yesterday how to deal with you in a sense how to kind of categorize you but ultimately like we're just who we are and we're like figuring out what to call that yeah like, like, I be... I am. i'm just an angsty kid like <laughs> Like, the way I believe things is, like, there shouldn't be any labels. Like, nobody should just say, like, oh, that's a gay person. I'm going to just... just... Oh, but then does saying no labels count as a label? No, but, like, that's what... He's uh... like, oh, he <laughs> 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 He just blew my mind. It's like saying to someone, you know, like, you know, I, I don't, like, you know, it's like saying to someone, maybe you just don't care about gender, maybe you just don't have a label. Like, mm-hmm. Does that not already count as a label? Mm-hmm. Does it seem that? Or is uh, that just it me? Makes it makes sense. Can, yeah. Can you think of any positives? I just want you to have a non-binary crisis. Like, well, can, can you think of any positives around... Because obviously we're talking about LGBT pride, but LGBT mm-hmm. in itself is a label, mm-hmm. if, you want yeah. to, if you want to look at it that way. Is there any positives to having these words? That, that help to define certain things or is it just should we just bin them should we just bin the whole thing and just be who we are i think harkening back to something phoenix was talking about um like when they were talking to like someone that they thought they trusted that they thought that they could trust and then that information was kind of spread i feel like having a community of people who understand 
it's kind of where labels have the most use it's like mm -hmm. the most beneficial because that means there there's some kind of common ground of you understand some part of what i'm going through you're in a community that you're exposed to this information that you're exposed to these experiences more often mm -hmm. whereas in high school or just like with friends that you just kind of just so happen to be like geographically next to it can be hard to like at this moment in time it can be hard to navigate these kind of conversations and just like figuring yourself out yeah without it in a sense yeah like i would i would agree with you with the community side of things because they understand kind of what you're going through or what you have been through here's a here's something i wanted to ask you guys just on that because obviously feeling supported and feeling part of something feeling maybe protected when you're feeling vulnerable is all good stuff and hopefully that's something you guys have all experienced but where do, what role do you think the schools and the education providers could play and making making the world and making Scotland particularly safer for LGBT mm. young people. I would initially say get people well try and get people with a clear mind and just not like a straightforward mind. We're saying, oh yeah, everyone in my class is straight. Yeah, like we need someone that just doesn't judge and if approachable because if you find that that teacher then they'll speak to you with the exact pronouns you want the proper mm -hmm. name you want and yeah. they'll just try and help you through even talking about trans people mm -hmm. they the teacher might actually help you transition into the person you want to be mm -hmm. or well the person you are sorry that's interesting because i think as, as somebody who's been involved in, in education, not formally as a teacher, but certainly as a youth worker over the years, I think the, the, the job of anybody who's in a position of responsibility in education is to help somebody transition from one place to another, mm -hmm. whether that's from a state of ignorance to knowledge, whether that's some from innocence to experience. And I think, like, I don't know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the the job of any teacher is if you is to take you kind of as they find you um yeah and and to accept that if you rock up to your maths class and say hi my name's harley my pronouns are she her then mm. the teacher just has to go cool do you think yeah. that happens no <laughs> I can that agree was, with you on that. That was emphatic. No. <laughs> Hell no, that doesn't happen. Okay. What that does, does not happen? happen. What happened okay. instead? Well, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of had a really bad day at one point last year, maybe. Mm -hmm. I ended up going to my guidance teacher and sort of kind of just like absolutely spilling. And I said, Yo, um, I'm totally unrelated, but um, can you just like not call me? that anymore and just call me Harley from now on. Um and, and and I didn't even give her a reason why. And she was like okay. And she sort of was really slow for like the next twenty minutes. And then she was like, Okay, come see me next period I want to talk to you about that. 
I was like, well, okay, that's fine. Um, but she and my dad name like the entire time, mm-hmm. like when we were talking about it. And then she, um, well, <laughs> we were talking about that, and she was like constantly searching for a reason. And I was like, I don't have one, you know, it's just like, yeah. that's it. Like, that's what I prefer. And you know, maybe I'll figure out a reason one day. Maybe there is a reason I'm just not ready to tell you about it. You know, just shut up and do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not asking, you know, for you to like murder people. I'm asking for you to actually just change mind. Yeah. Ah, it's not hard, is it, really? When you think about it. Um... I've got to admit, I had that last year where on the register I had my dead name mm. and I went up to my lecturer at the time and just said, here, could I speak to you for like five, ten minutes? And mine was the opposite, thankfully. Um, so mm. my lecturer spoke to me about it and just says, so you're wanting to change your name on the register or just in general for the college? And I says to him, just in general for the college, for like every lecturer. In all fairness, some lecturers did struggle a wee bit just because they were used to my dead name, mm-hmm. which was understandable uh, for me personally. But mm-hmm. like gradually throughout the year, I had eventually got every lecturer to call me by Phoenix, which I was more than happy with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Can I just ask Phoenix? Um, sorry. sorry to interrupt you, Hallie, but can I just ask Phoenix, why Phoenix? Okay, <laughs> a wee bit of story time. <laughs> cool. Oh, there's going to so, be one, isn't <laughs> So basically, my, coincidentally enough, my trans friend, uh, Kyle, uh, mailed me one time and he knew I was uncomfortable with who I was at the time. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, uh, why don't we try either Phoenix or Eden, as in name-wise? Yeah. So I initially looked up the two definitions of Eden and Phoenix. Eden is more pure, natural, uh, desirable and everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, that's definitely not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, then uh, I looked up the definition of Phoenix and it was like rising from the demons, rising from ashes. Yeah. Uh, rising from the past and for me my mental state in the past was horrific right. so I kind of felt like I felt attached to the name and mm-hmm. I tried it two years ago when I joined college and ever since I've been using it I've been just me and I'm happy to be known as Phoenix Nice. So there was a significance to it for you. There was a, a an emotional connection, and that that kind of image of rising rising for the ashes was something that stood out for you. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's quality. Like I, I like I love that. Um, and it's such a vivid image to, mm-hmm. to like. It's, it's such sure. an amazing story to tell. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening right now who'll be able to um, to kind of identify with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and share your kind of that kind of feeling of getting off, getting up off the floor, and 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 getting back to life. Um, Harley, same question. Why Harley? Everyone seems to be Harley Quinn. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Harley Davidson. Oh, hey. that's amazing. Because it's um, 
it was sort of like me just trying to run away from the problems that I had and it was like, you know, Harley Davidson's like fast and loud and that's who I am. I'm not this soft kid that you want me to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not like going to lie. If you've first... ever met me in person, you'd know that like I'm all over the place and you know, I can't hold a solid conversation for longer than two minutes, so... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. The first time I met you, Harley, I instantly thought of Harley Davis uh, motorbikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's all I want. That's all I want, Lee. Because <laughs> of the engine you've got, Harley, like you never, <laughs> have, you never switch off, pal. <laughs> never switch off, and that's a good thing. Brilliant to hear. Um, cool. So, I've had a, a. This is a first for the Real Time Online podcast, which I feel quite good about. Um, I've had something sent in from one of our uh, young people um, wow. who really wanted to be part of this, but unfortunately technology let us down at the last minute. Um, uh, I've, I've had a wee message, so I'm going to read it, and then I just want to get reaction to to the words. They're quite moving, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, I think you guys um, will be able to relate to us a wee bit. So here we go. So it says... It says, coming out a second time seems like such a big deal. And the fear of being rejected by those close to you because you've suddenly changed again is a lot. But it's all really based on mindset. If you have the thought that you can power through it and everything will be okay, then it will be easier on you and the other person. Some people may not be all that accepting, but that's fine. You just have to teach them and they'll hopefully understand what you're going through, and maybe they'll even be there to help. No matter what you're going through, you will always have nice people by your side, be they friends or family or people online with advice to give, just like us. Your feelings are always valid, and you should never think otherwise. So, quite a profound statement, quite a meaningful statement for this person, obviously. Um, but what's your reaction to that, guys? What, what what stands out for you from that? I would say the coming out a second time for me personally. Right. Because as I mentioned, I thought I was trans and then I had to come out as non-binary again. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I went by two different, well, technically three different names. So it was like trying to just figure out who I am for like the second time and I put too much pressure on myself at the time mm-hmm. uh, which kind of developed my depression a wee bit more mm-hmm. um, but I would say it was very moving yeah um, I'm going to come to you Harley now um, what did you what was going through your mind there when you were thinking about that uh, the words that really stood out to me was everything will be okay. Yeah. Um, just because like that's something that you know you always think like when you're thinking about coming out, and it's just insane. Like you just always think, will it be okay? Will it be okay? Will it be okay? Will everyone hate me? Like, and for some bizarre reason, just for me, that was always like, hell elevated, and it's just like, yeah, that's how it is. Um, like. I don't know, I was really lucky to have people that were like, you know, you're my mates and, you know, we love you no matter whether it's my dead name or far away or anything. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I just got really lucky, I guess. 
well, people that had it really bad and, you know, lost mates. And I heard all the horror stories before. I finally got, mm-hmm. you know, a happy ever after. Yeah. And hopefully that's, I mean, I think everybody listening to this right now would wish both of you folks the, the, or the happiness in the world. I think that's like, I think that's what it's really about, isn't it? It's about you being able to live in your own skin with that level of contentment and that level of confidence, despite what other people run about you might think, but obviously what other people think has a big impact on you. And I think that what we've maybe learned for this conversation today, and obviously we can't cover everything inside half an hour, that's that's no realistic, but I think what you guys have shown and what your lives show um, to other people is that you guys really have had to battle for the recognition of your names and the recognition of your pronouns and, and just to be heard. Um, Margaret, I'm just before I ask my last question, I'm just going to come to you here. What's your feelings on it? This isn't like necessarily from like a trans perspective or like in terms of like gender, but I do understand the kind of that kind of um, inner voice that goes like, "Oh, here we go again," kind of thing, and kind of anticipating people's reactions, being very kind of honest. I guess I used to identify as bi. And then for a while, I kind of like went back on that and thought I was straight. And it was kind of like having to come out as straight in a sense. <laughs> but I'm, I was like, that was because of a lot of like external circumstances. Yeah. Um, and I was very young and I still am. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's now kind of coming back to the understanding of, no, I do think I am actually bi. And that can be terrifying. <laughs> so I, I have massive sympathy for that. But like Carly said, it is like everything will be okay. Like even if yeah. the reactions are rubbish, and that is absolutely something that can happen. Fortunately, it's never really happened for me but um, in any capacity. But one day, like... It's kind of like what we were saying as well with the community, like you'll find your people, you'll find people who love you and accept you for who you are, as you are, even if that kind of, the perception changes over time, like everything's, everything will work out. Yeah. And also um, to like touch on something that Harley was saying as well, like I have also been extremely lucky um, and I've also heard horror stories and I think that's why Pride is still such a big deal. Yeah, we've all heard the horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we need we need to fight for the people who don't have good families. We need to continue yeah. to fight for exposure, to fight for representation. Because those are the things that will normalize it. Mm-hmm. Legislation as well. But like move the eggments. Yeah. Because at the moment, like, people need to go out of their way, in a sense, to educate themselves on LGBT issues. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's something that we can, like, in a sense, that we need to have sympathy for. Because for some people, it is, like, a very strange thing. But ultimately, moving forward, like, that cannot be the case because it can be dangerous. 
the thing that stands out for me is that this person who sent it in seems to believe, and I don't disagree, by the way, that there's there's a there's a pressure or maybe a, an expectation on people who are in the LGBT community to educate people out of their ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree with that, but I think like we've already kind of touched on, if you're not teaching yourself um, and you're not keeping up, I suppose, or you're mm-hmm. not like you don't know what's accept what's an acceptable way to treat a human being and what's not, mm-hmm. then it's not on the people that you're oppressing or the people that you're rejecting or victimizing mm-hmm. to um, to educate you. It's on you. Um, I think there's probably a lot of teachers out there who need to hear that. But I think there's there's a lot of people in the whole world who need to hear that. Um, like like this person says, we've got each other, and we've got the people run about us that do see us for who we are and see us for ourselves. Um, and just like like they were saying there, it doesn't matter how many times you come out. I suppose um, it doesn't matter how many times you change a name or you change anything about yourself until you're happy yeah um keep changing and if other people can deal with that don't let that hold you back um as much as you can because it's no on you to help other people you're already doing the hard work you're changing you're making these huge um emotional um choices mm. and the last thing you need is to be able to then to, you know to have to turn around and say oh well I'm, you know, doing all this emotional labour here, but here I'll help you through it as well. Mm-hmm. It should be the other way around, and I think that's um, something that we need, all a society needs to take into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Did I add a wee point? Aye. Um, so you know how when you were mentioning about the LGBT groups, mm-hmm. just from my own personal experience, we had to fight for our LGBT group because there mm-hmm. was not even a club we yeah. had to get, like, say, about a hundred petitions mm-hmm. to actually get this group up and running, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't up when I left, and that was about two years ago. It's mm-hmm. only been a year since the group has been informed, and it's just really ticking me off that there is schools out there that have no support at all. Mm. Yeah, it's about time, isn't it? Cool. So, no, that's a great point, Phoenix. I really appreciate you bringing that up, pal. Um, no problem. I think what what I'd maybe like to close on is just to allow you guys um, a kind of maybe 30 seconds each. Um, if, imagining that you could go back to certain moments in your, your school life or your personal life, certain... Um, certain moments where you wish you could go back and, and say something different or say something to your teachers to let them understand what you've what you've been through. Um, Harley, I'm going to come to you first, pal. Um, what, um, is there a particular thing, a particular message you'd like to give to, to um, maybe your teachers or somebody else? Um, I've got a message for the teachers. But sort of first stuff that actually came out was real time. Um, never ever used like properly anywhere else. So it was like you know, and like there were so many times where it was like 
just say it, just say, you know, hi, my name's Harley. Like, yeah. um, that was kind of so, yeah, I guess I was really lucky to have that. But if I had to say something to my teachers, I'd just go and stay, you know, like, schools are obviously out in that, but if I could, I'd just go in and just say, hi, this is, you know, who I am. And, like, I'm going to be spending the next two years here, and I don't really want to be doing that, so can you at least try and make it a bit better? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think that's as simple as and as effective as it can be. You're just saying you have the power and the responsibility. I have the necessity and the maybe the desire to be here and learn and make myself a better person. I'm relying on you to make it safe. <laughs> I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, Margaret, is there anything... And you've got, like, on your chest that you'd like to be like, I wish I could say that. Um, I think it's kind of along the lines of, like, <laughs> it's going to sound very angry, I guess, but, like, the audacity of teachers who think they have any sort of right to comment on a pupil's personal life and mm. what decisions those pupils make. I would almost guarantee that if a child wanted to change their name because they just did not like their name and like genuinely hated their name, just wanted to change it, they would not get anywhere near as much flack as kids do who want to because they don't identify with their gender. Like as soon as you bring LGBT into a situation, it becomes so much more of a big deal. Yeah. Because that Can becomes political. Yep. And you can't, like, even around, you know, the referendums and, and elections, like, schools, teachers are supposed to remain neutral. But I feel like having, like, not supporting LGBT children is a neglect of care. Yeah. yeah. Like, ultimately, yeah. you need to accept that these people exist, these people are valid, and these people need your support, no matter what your personal or, like, curricular beliefs are. Mm. Cool. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phoenix, is there anything you wanted to say? Uh, mine's kind of more to do with my sort of friend group, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Okay. I would honestly just say thanks for helping me through it. Uh, through everything, through my first time coming out to my second time coming out and actually accepting me for me and making sure I'm okay, making sure I'm feeling valid, making sure I'm feeling loved and wanted and mm-hmm. I would also add to them apologies for the tough times because there was tough times through it um, but I'm grateful for the friends that I've had for about seven years now and I know that we're always going to go strong and just thanks <laughs> nice uh, I'd actually like to say something to like 15 year old me mm. and there's probably a few 15 year old me's but yeah. <laughs> um, 
when you, well, when you think about fifteen year old me, that was nineteen years ago, guys. So, uh, like, I think. Um, Don't no. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't born. Before any of you were born. Um, <laughs> so, I think nineteen year old me, uh, fifth. Sorry, I think fifteen year old me needs to hear that stuff's going to get better. Mm-hmm. The world is going to um, be a more accepting, uh, less frantic less mm-hmm. accusatory place yeah um 15 year old me needs to hear that um your that n- nothing in your life is dependent on your um sexual orientation or your lgbt status or any mm-hmm. label that you put on who you find attractive um the condition of your soul is not dependent on it Mm. Um, the your ability to work um, in your chosen field has nothing to do with it. Um, your ability to be there for people and to connect honestly with people has nothing to do with it. And your um, worth as a person has nothing to do with it. Um, all of these mm. things, I'm sure people will know that all of these things can be affected by other people's reactions um rather than who you are yourself and i think that's a big distinction um and i think that's something 15 year old me you know i I think i would have had a much happier life um in the last 19 years if i'd known all of that stuff Mm -hmm. um so if there's any 15 year old me's listening (laughs) um 19 years ago it was a much darker time for lgbt young people and for lgbt people in general um and hopefully in the next 19 years, um, you know, by 2039, we'll uh, be in a place where all of the stuff we've been talking about today, all the acceptance and all the good stuff will be will be happening. So we're going to close it there, guys. Thanks for listening. If you've been listening along with us today, um, you can check our podcast out on Apple and Google Podcasts. You can also check us out on the Realtime website, realtimemusic.net. There's also some album reviews, some Netflix reviews, and some album rankings up there um, that you can go and check out. Um, But thanks very much for listening to what I think has been quite a a special real-time music online podcast. And uh, thanks to you guys for participating and being so honest and and telling your stories because these stories, like we said yesterday when we were planning this, your stories can affect people in really positive ways even though you might never know it. Um, So thanks, guys, and uh, we'll leave it there.